All right, folks, here we go with another edition of the podcast. Thanks for checking out the first two episodes, and thanks for coming back for this one. And a special, special thank you to the handful of you who are making donations to keep this podcast going. Your contributions are greatly appreciated. If you want to throw some some money in the hat, I would be eternally grateful. All you got to do is go to anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm. That's where uh, we're hosting the podcast here. And search out Russell Smith Podcast. Easy enough, right? Click on the Support This Podcast button, and it gives you three options there for a monthly donation. You can donate as little as 99 cents, or you can go medium at $4.99 a month, or all the way up to $9.99 a month if you're a high roller and you really like this, or you really like me. I would really, really appreciate that. Just think, just think of the immense feeling of satisfaction and accomplishment that will course through your veins after you start donating to the Russell Smith podcast. Let's all take a moment now and and just imagine that. Wow, that's nice. That's really nice. Okay, when I had the idea for this podcast, one of the things that I wanted to do was to talk to some people who aren't necessarily in the world of sports. And that's something I'm going to be doing periodically. I'm going to have a lot of sports folks on, but uh, also hoping to have some uh, folks from different walks of life. And today on the pod, we've got WBIR meteorologist Todd Howell. Todd has been at WBIR for 26 years now, hard to believe. And he has been the chief meteorologist since 1996. And um, in addition to being an outstanding weatherman, Todd is legitimately one of the nicest guys you could ever hope to meet. So I was very excited to have him over and sit down with him. And here's my talk with Todd Howell. All right. We're here with Todd Howell. Welcome to Stately Smith Manor. <laughs> Todd, thanks for <laughs> Thank not you, cracking Russell. on my, um, my hosting this in my wife's craft room. Hey, here. I love it. It's yeah. a great place. And thank you for having me, Russell. Yeah, thanks for uh, showing up, man. Well, I was hoping to talk to some folks who not, aren't necessarily in the world of sports in right. doing this. and uh, But it's interesting. I was thinking last night, you and I actually met through the world of sports. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, I was doing play-by-play for CAK football in right. 2011 and 2012. They're two state championship teams. And uh, your son Davis was on those teams and I believe actually holds the – is it the all-time national receptions record? He did for one year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then a kid, uh, Austin Sawmiller, was that his name? You know, you, tr- you tend to kind of keep up with these things. Some from, I think it was Kenton, Ohio, the, the very next year kind of uh, broke that record. But, uh, yeah, he did for one year and still has several uh, records in Tennessee. But, Russell, I have to tell you, you are famous in the Howell household. Really? Because of your calls. Yeah. And not only the uh, the play-by-play of many of the CAK games, the championship years, but several. Uh, and you helped me. I went to your uh, the old studio after some of those championship games. And yeah. I saved some of those recordings. You have some of those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear those. I have some of those. Because I, I don't have many. I have some. Oh yeah, they you had some awesome calls with uh, Davis. Some of the key moments and catches he made. Some of the key moments in CAK's run to the championship in uh, in 2011, 2012. So those were that was like a dream. Those were such great years. Good times. Good times. And such a great community there. Good people. Yeah. Just everybody was so welcoming. 
Yeah. Uh, the two years we did those games, Terry Fair and I. Oh, y'all were and, great. You're an awesome team. Well, I always joke uh, with Rusty Bradley, who's at Grace now, yeah. and I always tell him, you know, um, we were the good luck charms. It was, <laughs> it, was right. it was me and Terry. The the only two years we, right. we just did them two years and they won the state championship both years. And um, you know it, it was uh, it had nothing to do with uh, Davis Howell or Josh Smith or Brett Kendrick, Charlie yeah. High. It was right. it was Russell and Terry. It was Russell and Terry. <laughs> you know what, folks at CAK may need to say, hey, what was the common denominator back in those yeah. years? Boom. Yeah, maybe, yeah. We we would love to uh, maybe do it again someday. Um, now you've had. Four boys, right. and I know you had another one. Play, did they all? Did they all play? They, you know what? Uh, my wife and I joke, Lee and I, uh, that we had two molds. Um, number one and number three, a little bit more similar. Number two, and number four, kind of similar. Davis, of course, our, our second son and uh, his football career. Uh, Stuart, our youngest, is uh, was a similar mold. Um, looked up to Davis, you know, he the same number, same position. They were very, if you look at their baby pictures, it's hard to tell them much. Different. Oh, that's cool. Davis had Stuart by a few pounds, but anyway, uh, very similar. And then Stuart, um, as out of a need for the, the, the team needed to make a move to quarterback, um, out of a team need and maybe for a better chance to play collegiately as well. Um, so instead of being wide receiver, just like Davis, his junior year moved to quarterback, um overcoming adversity got hurt his third game his senior year and um and then but he still has an opportunity to go play in college well that that's got to be tough as uh, a parent Not, that's the thing i always wonder about because when we were doing those games right that was when the concussion stuff right. was really starting to right. be a big deal in not just high school, but not just football either, other right. sports. Right. And I remember there were a couple of young men who had uh, some pretty scary situations those years. Um, right, what, right. How, how do you, that's got to be tough on you as a parent up there in the stands watching them yeah. play that game, knowing what we know now. Knowing what we know now. Yeah, Davis, he took some shots. Uh, there was a, a few games I can remember. One was a jamboree game. <laughs> just, All right, boys, you know, go out there and play for a quarter, yeah. take it easy. Well, they played a rival, and it got, got – A little chippy. Yeah, and it was not a bad hit, to be honest. It was just rough, good old-fashioned football. But uh, another one up in Anderson County one time was an interesting game. But he uh, – yeah, when they changed that rule, actually, as a parent of a wide receiver, you're like, yes, you know, this is yeah. this may be a little bit better because now they're starting to watch out for them a little bit more. Perhaps a parent of a quarterback now, you know – yeah, sure. that, uh, although, boy, they get pretty uh, picky on some of those calls. <laughs> you can't even hardly touch the quarterback. That's yeah. a side the note, The defender's right, right? parents probably not so big on it at times. Not so big on it. Well, yeah. um, it's so you got the, the fourth one coming up, and yeah. uh, the Howell family will be, as we were talking about before we jumped on here, empty yeah. nesting here? Em empty nesters uh, coming up in uh, just a little bit, graduation late May. So, uh, Stuart, our youngest, uh, will be graduating, and then my wife, Lee, and I will be empty nesters. Wow. So we're, uh, we said, no offense, kids, but we're kind of looking forward to <laughs> well, you know, Everything good. comes full circle, right? That's good, because I, I, <laughs> I always wonder about, you know, and, and my life is crazy with two kids. I can't imagine four young athletic boys in the house. That's got to be yeah. a, a raucous scene 24-7 and um, yeah. you, do you guys have plans like what you're going to do other yeah. than just enjoying the peace and quiet? Yeah, we we love to camp, okay. and uh, we thought our 30th anniversary is this. This is a big year in a lot of ways, but uh, we thought about going on a cruise. May uh, may have to do that a little bit later in the year, 
But I will have to say, is I, I tease, we are definitely looking forward to it. That is true, because uh, I love Lee, and we love spending time together. We sure. love to camp and spend time together. We're, uh, you know, we miss our boys greatly. Stuart is so proud of him, and, you know, he's our number four. Every one of them touches you a little bit differently. He's our puppy dog still, and so, oh, my gosh, our baby Stuart is, is going off to – college but he's a grown young man and uh, we're excited for all of them they've done great each one of them and uh, love them dearly but uh, yeah we're that's kind of we're probably going to go camping and uh, we're moving into a new season of life Russell it's amazing now we're grandparents and I'm one of four boys we have four boys wow but God's got a great sense of humor because our first grandchild a granddaughter yeah they're out in Denver so we're gonna have to do some traveling we're traveling later in May coming up and are, we're out now expecting a second granddaughter, Davis and Cassidy, are pregnant. Oh, great. In town, expecting I, I another girl. So all of a sudden, the Howell family is going down the uh, the girl road, so to speak. Man, time goes fast. We had the same thing. I was the oldest of three boys. And so yeah. uh, when, when we had our first child in uh, 2007, and it was a, it was a girl. So yeah. my mom <laughs> was, was the most thrilled. And, uh, I you bet. know, I remember my brothers, uh, asking her, what are we going to do with a girl? <laughs> so can we play it, tackle football yeah, still and everything? It's a new experience, yeah. but it's great. It's yeah. fun. You Daughters are the best. I'll tell you what, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think girls or boys early on, you know, I'm again, I'm a granddad. I'm, I'm going to be that granddad, probably anything they want, anything oh, she wants. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Let's spoiled sp- rotten. Spoiled rotten. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, when they're young, I mean, I think we're going to do everything the same. I'm going to go play ball and climb sure. tre- let them climb trees and jump in the creek and everything. I don't know if there's too much difference early on. I'll, we'll find out, certainly, but looking forward to it. Well, you're you're looking good. Uh, Thank you, In Russell. good shape. Uh, I saw where you ran a half marathon last year. Ran, Is that, uh, ran a half marathon. Your, your kids are obviously athletic. Where, do you have an athletic background? I, uh, you know, all the, we used to joke that a uh, little bit, but Davis and Stewart, you know, they're, uh, even Walker and Dolan, they play baseball and not, didn't so much do the football, but they were pretty good baseball players actually, but they got all their athleticism from Lee. My wife. Oh, so okay. Their hands and everything. That's, uh, but she was, she is actually very athletic. I, uh, I'm athlete, I'm, I'm competitive enough, put it that way. I love sports growing up. Sports and weather were my two main loves. Um, my boys keep motivating me. Davis actually. Uh, CAK football player won the championships. You know he that competitive spirit really never leaves you. He's been doing our, half Ironman triathlons. He did a full marathon in Charlotte. He did a half marathon before. He ran the half marathon with me, and he's actually been one of the ones who's really motivated me to keep trying to you know just stay in shape, you know, and run. Okay. But be, as far as the competitive uh, spirit, yes. That's motivated me because, you know, unfortunately, I'm in my 50s, but sometimes in your mind, you think you're still in your 20s and 30s, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a trick our, our bodies, our minds can play on us. But, uh, yeah, even when I play basketball, that's a very bad <laughs> trick our bodies play on us. Uh, big difference. But um, I play competitively and still want to compete. And uh, I, I enjoy running. The training is hard, but I love the reward. Yeah, and it. I got to run with Davis. He actually helped pace me probably much better than I would have otherwise, and that's probably one of the reasons I was able to finish under my goal of two hours. And the first time I tried it, I failed. I, I missed it by seventy-one seconds. So I got to do it the next 71 year. Seventy-one seconds. Yeah, that was yeah. my carrot dangling for oh, the next wow. year. Okay. Got another opportunity this time. 
everything went really good. And Missy Kane was huge to help me toward the end. She's on her bike, pedaling her bike on the sidewalk. And if it, we're on radio, but if you can picture her riding her bike and using yeah. her right arm, you know, looking back over her right shoulder, come on, Todd, you're almost there. Let's go. And that really helped spur me on, encouraged me to get to the finish line in well, time. That's a good person to have as a coach. She's, she's got a, excellent. She's got a good track record, yeah. as I recall, <laughs> literally. Literally. Uh, Missy Kane's amazing. For all the mem- members, I was part of the Covenant Health Marathon team, and uh, the, this was the veteran team this year, but for each team member, she gives selflessly to helping them try to reach their goal. And she was out there all on the course, uh, encouraging each one to try to help them reach their goal, whatever that is. Cause I'm in, I'll tell you what impresses me. I've always been a five K three mile guy and that was, I'm done. You yeah. know, I'm good. That three miles feels about right. I've never done a half marathon. So the last two years, something I've never done, tried that never probably wouldn't have ever done if I hadn't simply got asked sometimes, uh, something happens because somebody simply asks you and you get an opportunity to do it. And you're like, why not? Why not? That's and, exactly And then all of a sudden you find yourself in an ordeal. <laughs> and it's Word for word, what you said is yeah. exactly true. I'm like, why not? Now, wait a minute. What are we doing again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm running how much? It was, it, I'm kidding you not. It was, it was very hard, but God's uh, graciousness to allow me to, the strength and the, the mental toughness too. You have to develop that sure. training to, to convince yourself that you can do it. Now, you said uh, growing up, sports and weather were your, your yeah. two big loves, and obviously that's led you uh, here to Knoxville. Is uh, WBIR how, how long now? 26 years. 26 years. All right. So coming up on 30. Where are you from originally? Gaffney, South Carolina. Really? The home you're of the Peach. You're a South Peach. Carolina guy. Oh, yeah. I'm I know. From, you're Furman. I, I, was, well, no, I was went born, to Furman. Sorry. No, I, I was born in Columbia. Oh, okay. Uh, my dad is from Lancaster, South Carolina. Lancaster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my mom was a uh, Air Force brat, but her family yeah. uh, settled in Charleston. They went to Furman. My parents met at Furman. I, I, gotcha. I was born in South Carolina, moved here in 85, so I, I consider Knoxville home. Perfect. Okay. But uh, I, I, I did not uh, – I, I probably did know you were from South Carolina, just forgotten. So Gaffney, where um, uh, the uh, Frank Underwood <laughs> character is from, yeah. is that is, is that, that true? Is that House yeah. of Cards? Yeah. Is that the, yeah. yeah. I've never watched that. Uh, show or series but that's what everybody's told but yes that's what now most recently people oh Gaffney that's the guy who's you know the actor who's from there uh, if folks don't know it if you're riding up and uh, along uh, interstate 85 it's basically along the Greenville Spartanburg uh, then there's Gaffney up toward Charlotte corridor the industrial corridor of I-85 you see a big peach now Side joke, it is a peach. Yeah, it's, <laughs> they, it, they it had sometimes modif- resembles something else. Something else. They, <laughs> they had to modify it uh-huh. to make sure. Uh, true story. I worked, summer job, worked at a wastewater treatment facility. It's another story. But anyway, summer job, and uh, we actually got, to, that's a water tower, peach. We actually got to go up in uh-huh. the peach after, shortly after they constructed it just to go up there and see what it was all about. So, Oh, very, you got to go and tour the peach. Tour the peach. So I could... <laughs> I didn't put that on my resume, but uh, that that was one of the things that, uh, yeah, pretty cool. And um, Hamricks and all the outlets, uh, That's that was another thing that Gaffney was really known for. Actually, they had the South Carolina Peach Festival there in okay. Gaffney, South Carolina every year. I don't think they do it anymore, but that was the other thing that Gaffney was known for. Um, I mean, big event. The world's largest peach pie. Yeah. Uh, tractor pool. 
every car gets a pack of you know Levi Garrett Redman. No, I'm just but uh, <laughs> actually I'm not. But anyway, uh, that's going back a long time ago. But it was a big deal in uh, in Gaffney. I love my hometown. Actually, so many great you get memories. Get back and pretty great often there. or. I, my stepmom's <laughs> in, now back in Gaffney. They lived in Spartanburg, so not as much as I like. Unfortunately, have not been able to get back as much as I want to. Uh, my best friend who I grew up with, Russ. Russ is a great name. Okay. Uh, pastor in nearby Earl, North Carolina, Russ Bradley. And so that was my best friend growing up. And uh, we keep in touch on Facebook and so forth. But uh, he's done great, his family, his wife. But uh haven't been back as much as I like to, but uh, dear memories. Uh, Gaffney was known for its football against Spartanburg. Big rivalry. Big rivalry big there. Rivalry. Okay. Yeah. I did basketball and tennis. I didn't do this football. As much. All right. Yeah. Got a little heated though between uh, Spartanburg and Gaffney though. Yeah, and uh, yeah, there's especially back in the day. I was never part of the rocking the bus or uh, yeah. any. Uh, you never gone prep- and stole the other team's mascot or anything like that. Nothing like that, and any smoke moms that run to the bus. I was never a part of that, but uh, <laughs> Gaffney was known to uh, to get after a little bit in football <laughs> and maybe off the field too. But great, great city, great place, great folks. So uh, you grew up in in Gaffney, and uh, how did you come about uh, where did you go to college i went i had a different kind of route to in my college i went to winthrop for two years and then i transferred to georgia uh that was like athens come my second home that's where my parents grew up and my grandparents so we went down to athens okay. uh, georgia from gaffney about a three-hour drive and saw them frequently ball games and visiting grandparents etc then fast forward uh met my wife there we actually met in basketball class and that's when i knew it was a god thing yeah because her crossover dribble, she made the layup, if you can picture that left-hand all side. Right. But anyway, and it was all good Fundamentally sound. Fundamentally sound, Russ. <laughs> I, I tell that story over and over and over. She laughs at it. But uh, we met in church uh, thereafter and, and, and uh, eventually got married. Oh. Lived in Athens, loved it. Then basically came to a crossroad, what do you really want to do for the rest of your life? And I'm a little slow, so I went. Are you Are you – pursuing meteorology at all at this no, point i'm business and marketing okay I, i'm your marketing major like a lot of other people uh-huh. you know saturated when you graduate i got a job i'm actually working at an ibm uh, dealership in athens and uh from 1989 to 91 it's going way back russell now <laughs> let me preface this a lot of your the, some of your listeners uh may get a chuckle out of this some of the younger listeners may just keep their mouth open and go what i sold typewriters Okay, Electronic that, that was still a thing in 89 and that 91. That was a thing. It yeah. was when the IBM PS2 came out. Uh-huh. That was that was kind of a big deal. And then, uh, you know, the, uh, the 8088, the 8288, you know, 280, and all the different processors, Intel chips, everything's just kind of – the 286, I should say, 386, 86. All the computer power just kept increasing rapidly. I vaguely remember. I, I remember typewriters growing up, but I, yeah. I have to admit, I, I did think they were gone by that time. They were they were still around. Yeah, they, okay, they were around, but they they rapidly went away. It was just a particular time and era that they had. I sold these electronic typewriters. I love that job. Wasn't really making a whole lot of money, and maybe didn't you know know how long I was doing that, but came to a crossroad. What do you really want to do for the rest of your life? And I always had a love for weather from an early age. Since about the fourth or fifth grade, I love weather. I love snow. That was my really passion. Yeah. You didn't get much of that in Gaffney, South you, Carolina. You know, here's the thing. Not frequently, but when it snowed, sometimes it snowed really good. Okay. That moisture banks up against the Appalachians and from upstate South Carolina, North Carolina, and 
we had some decent snows and growing up, some memorable ones. And so uh-huh. I think it was that. You didn't see it that much. But when you did and you're in it school. It was a special thing. It's a special moment. It's yeah. a special thing. So anyway, that's kind of a little bit of my background of how I got interested in weather, was passionate about it. But we never was going to do it for a career. And so I got that opportunity, came to a crossroad, and um, checked into meteorology schools. And Mississippi State was one that offered a broadcast meteorology school. So from 91 to 93, my wife and I packed up, headed west, didn't know anybody in Mississippi. So you went already, to Starkville. Did, did you already have a degree at this point? And this is kind of a, a yes. second, uh, basically starting over. I got school. my undergrad business and marketing in 1987. Okay. Yeah. Was that, and then was working for my uncle on a golf course, my uncle Buzz at Athens Country Club. And, so, so you uh, went from one set of bulldogs to the another. Yeah, to, I did. To the other. It, and here's the exactly Russell went there, got my broadcast meteorology degree in '93, and then came to Knoxville. So certainly the the history there has been from one SEC town yeah. to the next, and so but Knoxville is home. This is. You know, this is where we've raised all four of our boys. When we moved here, Walker, our oldest, was seven months old. And Davis, Nolan, Stewart were all born at St. Mary's. I'm always going to call that St. Mary's. <laughs> the Tenova that yeah. closed down or something. Anyway, uh, you know, all born right there. So uh, Knoxville is basically our home where our boys have raised up, and we've absolutely loved it here. Excellent. So um, you, you go to Meteor how – do, how does one come about – uh, becoming a meteorologist i'd imagine that yeah. particularly at that time that that's a pretty competitive field um did did you start at wbr or did you have to start at a, a smaller market than that when i was at mississippi state and startful i had an opportunity to work at wtva and tupelo on the weekends those poor folks that was <laughs> i'm serious that's you know that's where you school. cut your teeth huh? that's exactly right all right that's a nice way to put it uh on the weekend, drove up seventy miles each Saturday and Sunday. Work. They put you on the air. Yeah, they did. Excellent. I uh, Carl uh, Valovic is his name. If you watch the Weather Channel, you'll see Carl Parker is his TV name. But Carl Valovic is the real name. Okay. We were actually good basketball buddies and good uh, buddies in school. He helped me get that job. He got a job in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Was moving on. And they would hire students from Mississippi State. Uh-huh. WCBI in Columbus also would hire and students. And this is to do the we- the weekend to weather? To do the weekend what? weather. Right. Morning, uh, midday, uh, evening? Evenings. It? Okay. Yeah, weekend nights. That's so exactly 6 o'clock, right. 11 o'clock news? Yes. And out there at the central time, which I love, 6 oh, and yeah. 10. Okay. They probably added shows. I mean, this is – I feel like we're going way back. <laughs> you know, back in the early 90s. But uh, I got an opportunity to do that. And so that experience and what we did at Mississippi State, there was MSU TV 30, local uh, you know, uh, school TV station that we did weather for. So that helped me get a resume. We sent out a resume tape, and I got a call back from Amarillo, Texas, and an offer there. But that was west. We were thinking we need to probably be in the southeast – and I got a call back from WBIR, um, Jim Swinehart. And Margie Nichols was the assistant news director. And as I later learned, she was key in order for me to be able to come to WBR. So I'm not sure Mr. Swinehart was convinced that maybe I was the right candidate for entry-level position. I don't know. I, I really don't know. But maybe Margie went to bat for you a little bit? I gathered that was what took place. Okay. And so I'm, I'm indebted to Margie Nichols for a lot of reasons. She's wonderful. She eventually became news director and loved working under Margie. And, uh, of course, Margie, a wonderful name in East Tennessee, uh, Margie sure. Eisen, who was here many years before and is an absolutely wonderful lady and wonderful meteorologist herself. But uh, 
anyway, that's a little bit of, well, what happened? I came up for an interview. It went okay. I loved it here and uh, got the offer in um, late May 93. Just missed the blizzard in 93. That's my one. Really? Oh, you just missed it? I missed it. I would have loved to have been here. We were in Starkville. We got two inches and strong winds. I would have loved to have been here for the blizzard, but... Yeah, pretty I mean, having been here since '85, and I guess I was 13 at the time. Like that is wow. of all of all the weather events that uh, we've been through. I mean, that's the defining weather event. I think of, of my lifetime in East Tennessee it was it was just incredible. I remember being snowed in for I think at least a week, no power and everything. We right. loved it, me right. and my brothers, and we we had a blast. <laughs> right. uh, I think my parents went about crazy, <laughs> probably by day, it was day two or three. Yeah, but uh, it was that that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it was amazing, and I and I love you know all the the weather history. You mentioned some notable storms. That one certainly be at the top of the list. But ninety three was an incredible year. Uh, the tornadoes in February, the blizzard in March. We had record heat that summer. So I'm like, oh, okay, here's East Tennessee. You know, this is uh, an interesting weather sure. climate and, and market that we're in. But um, just uh, thank God for the opportunity. I've always had a love for weather in my heart. And so it's been 26 years to so take one year at a time. Hey, go from there. <laughs> yeah. So when you got there, um, you're, the, you're the new guy. Um, yeah. and, and WBIR has been such a, uh, a force and a leader in, in local TV here for uh, before either of us were here in Knoxville. Um, at that time, who, right. it's, uh, is it Bill Williams? Yep. Bob Kessling? Yep. Is That's right. doing sports? Yep. I mean, it's a, a star-studded list right there. That's right. Uh, Marty Scold was chief meteorologist byron weber was the number two doing weekends and uh it's interesting lisa Arjun, if some of our viewers may remember she did very well she had moved on gotten an opportunity to move on and so that's where the entry-level position the weekend position that i was hired for became open moira Kay, who's done just about everything in uh, position at tv that you could do she's an amazing lady and uh, wonderful and talented uh, she was filling in doing the weather at for Lisa Argent. Okay. And she could do a little bit of everything. More is amazing. And um, so uh, that's an, there's so many great people got to work with when I came to Channel 10, including Moria and others who helped me get started. Uh, she literally helped me train me on the yeah. um, the weather equipment when I first came. And uh, But that's the staff that was here. Uh, Edie Ellis. Uh, sure. Ted Hall and Kim Stevens. Oh, wow. My, my first yeah. uh, time there, I saw them doing live at 5. Stop right there. <laughs> It's a joke, right? People, yeah. Visitors here live at five at four. Yeah, I was live at five at four. Yeah, Are y'all That's... missing something here. But uh, got That's... to see them do that the first time, and I, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, no doubt. So so you have just kind of hung around and and moved up the ladder, and now you're the chief meteorologist here. What what was right. that progression like uh, at WBIR for you? When did, when did you become chief meteorologist? And I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of interesting stories and climbing the ladder between there. It was 1996 and. You know, so many things, it's all about timing. And this was definitely, literally all about timing. Uh, in January of 1996, uh, Byron Weber got an opportunity to go, I believe it was Abilene, Texas. And so it was Marty and then Byron and then myself. And so that position came open. So I was able to move up in that position. Uh, we hired Mark Johnson. And uh, Mark was a great guy, excellent meteorologist. And so he came on staff. And then, so that was January '96. Fast forward to July 96, Marty Scold gets an opportunity to go to Miami. 
And in TV, it's very similar to radio, I'm sure, but, you know, if you're able to move up in market and maybe get closer to home or just mm-hmm. upward mobility, right, move up the ladder, she got an opportunity to go to Miami. So she took that job same year in July, seven months later, right? And so from July 96 to October 96, it was just Mark Johnson and I, and they were looking for a chief meteorologist candidate. Again, I'm not privy to everything that goes on. I don't know. We're just working. Don't know what they're going to do. I'm, I'm really assuming they're hiring, uh, you know, another chief meteorologist to uh-huh. fill Marty's spot naturally. Well, three months or so goes by, and it's all about timing. Maybe you know people's contract maybe not have been you know available, or maybe they just didn't find the right candidate or whatever. Don't know all the reasons, but uh, miraculously, mysteriously, I, w- I got promoted to be chief meteorologist. Which at the time, I'm like, I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not ready to do that. I don't A little think. bit overwhelmed, maybe. To work with Bill Williams? Yeah. <laughs> so, I was like, oh, my, you know, oh, my gosh, I don't feel, you know, the, the magnitude of that. I mean, I was thrilled with the opportunity, don't get me wrong. But uh, I'd only been here three years and was given the opportunity. Again, it's probably all about time and they couldn't find anybody else. So took that and uh, by the grace of God was able to uh, fulfill a passion and a desire that he put in my heart at a very early age. And so everything came full circle in a lot of ways. And uh, it's been an absolute blessing from, from that point to now. Excellent. So that that's 96 and, and yeah. here we are uh, 20 plus years later. I mean, you've been, right. uh, you've kind of become a, a fixture in an institution, <laughs> kind of, kind of like the, the people that, you know, all those big names you've listed. I mean, you're, you're that guy now. I don't know, Russell. It's, I take it honestly, especially I think in weather, you literally take one day at a time because you're only as good as your last weather. <laughs> you know, that's how it is in broadcasting in general, right? You know, well, you, you must be doing something right because uh, one thing I know about broadcasting, if you're not, they're not hesitant to uh, tell yeah. you to go ahead and pack your bags. <laughs> yeah. One of the that's, – that's very true. I've been very blessed in a lot of ways. Again, I'm, I'm a simple person. God, I love weather from early age God gave me desires in my heart Psalm 37 4 was the scripture by the way that I went back to study meteorology on I was I felt like God gave me that scripture because I wasn't sure is this what Todd wants to do you know and I was married but no children yet this is a big moment kind of that crossroad uh-huh. moment but I felt like God gave me that scripture delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and I ran with that and then when I got to Knoxville in 93 and I was I was able to reflect on that and I saw how it all came full circle. And uh, I've been incredibly blessed. And he's given me desires of my heart. I get to work with some awesome people. Uh, Russell Bevan, Beth Haynes, Robin Wilhoyt, John Becker. I can go on and on and on. Just some amazing people at Channel 10. You mentioned it, actually, Russell. We are actually just trying to keep something going that was started a long time ago at Channel 10 by people well before we ever came and ever stepped foot in North Knoxville that have established something that is the straight from the heart brand and resonates with people in the community and just trying to be real and be compassionate yeah. in what we do. Well, and I, I think it, it speaks to smart management decisions to, you know, and there's, uh, we got to shake this up. We got to keep new, keep fresh and everything. Yeah. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. And you guys have, you have this brand that really hasn't changed much. For 30-plus years, and, um, I, you know, as far as – I'm not an expert in the ratings, but uh, I think you guys are still on top and, and doing well. So, 
Yeah, like I said, ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, we're we're very grateful, very thankful. Uh, competition's very good. Sure, too. you know, it's, there's a lot of life lessons in, in business and life and uh, sports analogies. You know this very well, Russell. You got to stay hungry. Uh huh. If you don't stay hungry and you get complacent, the the person that's trying to catch up, you know, they're they're very good and uh, they're going to try to take your spot. So you have to you have to be creative and find new ways to keep that edge and that winning edge and yeah, mentality so no uh, it's very true in, in business as well as sports as, as well as in life yeah now have you ever thought or had opportunities to to move on to a to a bigger market or even you know closer to home south carolina georgia something like that has there ever been a situation where you thought you know maybe right. uh, pulled in a new direction and back in the let's see when was it? i think it was the late 90s my wife's from around atlanta i'm from upstate south carolina in gaffney there was uh, there was a time where I said, okay, just to be uh, make sure because I love we love East Tennessee we, we're right here everything's going great we love it just to make sure I'm gonna just put out a couple of feelers just at the Weather Channel I grew up loving the Weather Channel there in Atlanta right off Windy Hill Parkway um, and uh, let's see what was the station it was uh, they've switched around so much in Atlanta I think it was Waga. Um, which used to be CBS is now Fox or something like that, or I may have it turned around. I sent uh, two resume tapes to the Weather Channel and, and WAC just to see if I would hear anything back. And, and just to go from there, just to see, because my wife's from Atlanta, and I thought, well, maybe that would give us a little bit closer to home, to her family and down there. But only just very casually doing that. wasn't really serious mm -hmm. about that. Uh, did not hear a thing. <laughs> so so that's maybe that's a sign. Yeah, that's a sign. Okay, you're, we'll, you're where you're supposed to be. We will stay right here, and wasn't ever serious. I'll be totally honest with you. There's a lot of things I love about East Tennessee. I'm a pretty simple person. I don't like necessarily always looking through the biggest market. You got to look at the whole package. Sometimes that grass is not always greener mm -hmm. on the other side. It may, it may, it may be green, but eh, for how long of a season, so to speak? Um, and so look at the whole package, you know, everything in Knoxville in a lot of ways is just right. The size of the city, the, you know, every, the people or the people are really, I think is the biggest draw for my family. We've realized that it'd be true. The people are great. We love living here. Um, it's a blessed place. I think East Tennessee. Excellent. Good. Great way to put it. Um, the weather here is, is nice too. Uh, we're sitting here on a, on a beautiful day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, amen. Are, are we getting better at predicting the weather the, the, since you've been involved in it? The computer modeling has definitely gotten a lot better. The one area, though, and <laughs> this, is, this is why I say day-to-day, because -day, if we get up in the morning, open the curtains, and it's you know raining and you said sunny, this is what we do. Close the curtains yeah. back real quick. Jump back in bed. That was just a bedroom. It no, seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, those jokes about ah, the weather guys, they don't know what they're making yeah. it up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It seems like those have kind of died off a oh, little bit. Oh I, I feel like it's gotten better. Russell, you're only as good as your last one. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's where it has not changed much. Okay. There's this thing called social media Yeah. Uh, out there. No, uh, winter forecasting snow. This is where it's still tough. The hardest thing to predict, and especially in East Tennessee, it's just snow's a different animal. It's, it can rain any day of the year, and snow, it's got to be just right. And in between the topography, in between the Cumberland Plateau and the Appalachian Smoky Mountains, here in the valley, this is why Knoxville is tough to forecast, because of the ridges, the mountains around in this, mm -hmm. the valley, and how much warm air is in place ahead of time, how cold it is. Winter forecasting is still uh, very tough. And so modeling has really helped 
But here's what else is going on. We get so much information. Four different runs a day on most computer modeling. It's, it's, it's very high resolution. It's very good. Most days are really good. But here's the other thing. If you rely just on modeling, it's going to change. Like it'll show, it will show we may be getting eight inches a week out, let's just say. All right. Two days later, it's down to four inches. Okay. I'm just walking through a hypothetical yeah. scenario. Uh, another couple of days, uh, maybe an inch or two. Next day, back to five inches. And then right before the, and then maybe you go with that final man, and then it ends up being an inch, inch and a half or something. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm walking through a hypothetical example. Modeling is very good in a lot of ways, but it's trying to model the atmosphere that a lot of things to produce wintry precipitation is very complicated. It's not as simple as just ordinary rain and thunderstorm. It's just not. That's just the dynamics are different with wintry yeah. weather. So you're going to get all this information leading up to it. And we don't like to flip-flop and waffle back and forth. We want to be very consistent, very steady. And so we're not going to be that station or that. <laughs> we don't want to be that person, that station that puts out a week out with the first model run. Oh, we're going to get it. You know, sure. Because what happened? And again, keep in mind, I was that little boy that loved snow growing up. So uh -huh. I paid close attention to every weathercaster. Yeah. And if they said something and it didn't, you know, anyway, I was on yeah. the other side of that. So I'm, I'm very aware, aware of how it works, you know, and how people's perception are. But we want to try to be steady because you know it's going to it's going to change back and forth. The modeling is. Uh -huh. So we want to be consistent and steady and not waffle and try to be. And then just our, our goal is kind of like a referee in sports. Just get it right. Yeah, just yeah. get it right. And we can't have you know well, further reviews. I don't know sometimes. if you've noticed, but they mess up sometimes. <laughs> they too, messed so. up sometimes. You know what? Human nature. Yeah. When, when that's the reality, we're, we're not. Nobody's perfect. We are going to miss it and not get it right. You you try to, but uh, it's a lot better now than it used to be. Sure. But I'll be totally honest with you. It's still some days, particularly in winter. We already know ahead of time. Like I know the winter of 2019, uh -huh. 2020 is going to present some challenges because of. It's, it's, it's just a complex scenario here in East Tennessee. If you didn't have the plateau, we'd be like Memphis and Nashville. Well, I'd be here in a couple hours. Yeah. Nothing to break it up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the plateau but plays a huge that, role. That in throws our a monkey wrench into things. It, it really sometimes. does. The wind. If you could color the wind, you'd see the impact that the airflow and the currents have on our East Tennessee Valley. It's amazing. Do you think that the technological advances, uh, you mentioned social media, uh, I know from, you know, whether it's radio where I work or newspapers or, or television, that's had probably the biggest impact of, of any uh, technolo technology in the past 10, 15 years. Um, I know that uh, you guys have got, I mean, I remember growing up and being a sports guy, there's no internet. Right. I would stay up to watch the two to three minute sports report. I mean, you had to have it. Exactly. And, and now you can get all that on your phone um right do you, has has that been a detriment and a, a boost a help something in between it's you're exactly right i mean it's changed so much that our smartphones the technology we have weather sports news everything is instant it's immediate you know and so you're thinking whoa by the time people turn on the local news you know they've already got wind of a lot of this information um i think there's still always going to be hopefully that opportunity to have you know local um, personalities deliver that information and hopefully go in more detail and explain it because here's the one thing we've noticed it's it actually is a mind-boggling how much 
that people are actually relying on their weather information with weather apps. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that it's like, of course, I've been doing that for a long time. But the accelerated rate that people have gone to using their weather apps to rely on, I mean, not just get an idea of the, you know, 10 day or five day, but the hour by hour, you know, all that. It's, it's, it is amazing. And there's so much different information out there. You can look at one weather app and it'll tell you one thing. You can look at another weather app. It, it, it may tell you something entirely different. Now, keep in mind, every weather app is using different types of computer modeling. that's trying to pinpoint, you know, your area, There's your location. There's not some just omniscient weather source that no. every news station and app draws its information from. They've all got their own exactly system. Right. Exactly. The, you know, our, our weather app, we don't, we actually change the numbers or uh, we put in our own numbers for our weather app that before we were not able to do. We thankfully got the opportunity to do that because otherwise we were at the mercy of whatever the model said. It was not even our own at first initially. Now we do put in our own weather information for that 10 day, for the seven day information, et cetera. Um, and so those are our numbers. So it matches on TV, but the weather app is always constantly changing. It's got new information. A lot of times it can be very helpful and very good. Uh, some of those, but I will say this, it's like a lot of things I would say, take some of that with a grain of salt because it's look at the source of where it's coming from. It, it can change a lot, but that's the reason why you'd say, well, wait a minute, my app says this, I go to the computer and look at another, you know, site yeah. and it says this. I turn on the weather channel and it says this. Why are all these different? But a lot of people, your listeners probably want, why is all that different? Well, you got a lot of different information sources that are giving that information. So what we still hope to be able to do with all the gluttony of information out uh -huh. there and this new technology we're talking about is bring clarity and hopefully still be able to give a, a consistent forecast going in time. Not to get too uh, controversial or political or anything, but right. there seems to be a, a consensus in the scientific community that our planet is, is getting warmer. Do you, do you, I'm, I'm sure you do study these issues very closely. What have you noticed, uh, and specifically to East Tennessee's, right. um, what kind of climate trend, trends have you noticed here in the South? You know, yeah, we could we could talk a while for yeah, other because sure. there's so many different ways to go down. Um, and again, speaking of sources and information, uh -huh. one of the things that came to my mind and in, in light, uh, I, I noticed in, in research by a lot more people, a lot smarter than I am. Again, I'm not an expert. <laughs> Who is? That's what I like. To well, say. I think you're, who you're, is an expert? Right? Yeah, you're you're for uh, for yeah. people that I know anyway. I'd say you're an expert. Oh, but. Well, you're very kind. I've I've I studied some information and saw some research and this kind of uh opened my eyes a little bit if you go back to the late 1800s you can kind of see some some 20 to 30 year cycles mm -hmm. in weather and, and this is i mean late 1800s again yeah christ walking on this earth over 2000 years ago so we're not talking that's not a real it's long not period ancient of time. history exactly not ancient history but if you just look at a period of time from the late 1800s to now you can see these 20 to 30 year cycles um Definitely a cold period from the late 1800s, 1920 or so. Rough. This is real rough. 1920s, 1950s, certainly uh, the Dust Bowl years. Uh, definitely a warm cycle there. Uh -huh. Again, this is being general. Within that, there's cold and blizzards and snows and stuff. 50 to 80. If you Again, um, if you can, with your hand, I'm doing this up and down bell curve type thing. Uh -huh. So a warm period, 20s to 50s. 50s to 80s, no question about it. Cold period. Some of our record snows. 60s and 70s, maybe early 80s. Uh, 
and so keep carrying that out if you will roughly from from 80s to 80 to 20 what 10 or so yeah. da, 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 warm period okay no question about it you know a warming cycle all right so here's the 64 million dollar question well then does that mean from 2010 roughly to what 2040 or something or would it be another colder cycle perhaps coming perhaps that's what it's been going back to the late 1800s mm-hmm. so that's that's just another i'm just throwing that out as a, a one possibility possibility of, yeah. and, and route that you can look at of just what has happened uh-huh. now this the big question is what everybody wants to know how much is man contributing yeah. to this warming cycle in the last 30 years well nobody really knows and here's the sad part i think russell i'll be honest i don't i don't even like do republican democrat or any politics what i just yeah. want to get it right the weather wise and just sure. try to you know what is the truth that's all i care about yeah that's all i care about and so, you know, the sad part is when it does, something does get politicized. Mm-hmm. This is not just weather. This is anything. Sure. Right? Yeah. When it, and it has to do with power and control uh-huh. on, on, on either side. You, you see it, and then all of a sudden you're not even debating the issue at hand. You're just, you're just talking about which side wants more power and control, right? So I try to stay away from any political or whatever because I don't want to get that. I just care about what's true. Staying in your lane. Staying huh? in your lane. Yeah. It either is or isn't. I'm, I'm, God is a God of absolutes. I love that and truth. So that's all I really care about is trying to, to see. The one thing that, you know, I know from a biblical perspective, you know, God talks about the earth is wearing out like a garment. So, you know, in time, it's just like anything that, you know, you're going to, you know, uh, there's just that natural wear and tear, yeah. so to speak. And that tension, that pull that you have in the atmosphere, just like there is in, in life, et cetera. So uh, there are some parallels there. But how much is man contributing to that? Uh, my personal view is I think we all definitely need to be good stewards of whatever God's given us. And, you know, and, and, and whatever we can uh, do that. Uh, well, if you, I mean, I've always thought, you know, if, if you believe and I, I do, I think you do too, that if God created right. the earth for us, then right. that we should, as you say, be good stewards of it. Uh, Absolutely. Take, take care of it. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you talk about the political aspect of it. I think even the left and the right are, right. There, there's agreement there. I, th- I don't think anybody wants right. to uh, yeah. destroy our environment. Exactly. Um, but uh, I would imagine that in, in the weather community, that's that's something that, Right, uh, you guys are very cognizant of. Yeah, very much so. I mean, you, you, like I said, you, you just try to keep, uh, you know, true to your principles of what you believe and what you're trying to do. And and as far as communicating that, you know, there, I think it's a co- a lot of times it's like a lot. It's like that wintry precipitation forecast. Is it one thing that you can focus on? Sure, probably not. It's multiple things. It's it's complicated. And, uh, you know, I, cer- I certainly believe there's that place, if you look back in history, of natural variability of climate. Here's, here's the one thing. See, it always, and just to, you know, just side note here again, but for a long time it was global warming, you know, was the buzzword, right? Mm-hmm. Now then, it's climate but, change. And then it went to climate change. Yeah. Well, the reason for that is because it was not, you didn't always see warming. Mm-hmm. Some areas were having record cold, in a, you know. But is so there? Then a, you get guys uh, with the well. Well, it snowed, so uh, that yeah, yeah. takes that out. It's just like, well, I you don't know, think that's no. <laughs> and here's the big point: there, there is a huge difference between climate and weather. Yeah, 
to your point, if somebody says, oh, I just got a big snow, so there can't be any glass. No, that's not climate. That's weather. Mm-hmm. That's a current weather pattern. Weather pattern, shorter term, you know, within a year or so. It's, so if it happens, something happens in a given year, that's weather. Climate is over a long period of time. And uh, it's hard to put, you know, everything in just a small, neat box and explain it. This is exactly what's going on. It's complicated. It's fluid. You know, I'm not sitting here and saying man doesn't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there is an element there, but there's also that element. If you look back over time, you know, we, we live in a big earth, big atmosphere. You know, that, that there's always been these cycles when you go back in time. And so there's a place for that. And, you know, I simply think, you know, we've, as man, taken care of the earth. You said it best, being good stewards. That's well, what we need to do. There, there's just so many, so much more people than at any time, you know, billions and billions of people um of course that if you know whatever effect there might be from man is going to be amplified just because of the sheer global population right that's that's a that's a great point the one thing that as a a christian to be honest with you i think that what takes the pressure off again i just want to stay i don't like to get on any left or right side how much impact can one person have yeah at the end of the day yeah exactly exactly i i I believe that, you know, none of this catches God by surprise. <laughs> it's just in, you know, tongue in cheek a little bit. Yeah. He knows exactly what's so ultimately that's what gives me the freedom to just try to do the best job I can and understanding everything, the truths and, and convey that. But trust God to ultimately because he's in control. Yeah. So I, I got to ask, yeah. uh, what what is it like when there is a major weather event, whether it's a, a hailstorm or snow is coming? And right. I, you know, I want to know what's going on. So I flip on WBIR and there's Todd and he's been on the air for two hours without a commercial <laughs> break. Uh, I, 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 it seems like that'd be fun. I mean, it's, yeah. you don't want to do it too often, I would imagine. But when it comes around and they call you and say, we need you to be on live. Right. That's go time. That is go time. If it's a tornado warning in our viewing area, we're going to be on. Um, and, you know, the, the general policy, it's, it's our public responsibility to make sure that, you know, protecting life and property that we are communicating that. Here's the tough part. That's a, And that's a lot of weight on your shoulders, protecting life and property. This yeah. isn't uh, yeah. me getting on the air and say, hey, the Vols, uh, boy, they really screwed the pooch uh, this weekend, <laughs> didn't they? I mean, you're talking about a right. tornado. Possibly yeah. coming. It, tornado possibly coming. And, and a lot of times they're, they're short-lived, but we do feel that obligation to make sure we're keeping people out of harm's way. But here's the tough part, Russell. Tornado warning for uh, Cumberland or Fentress County, for example. Uh, not right now, folks. It's nice. But yeah. uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, for example, but the sun is shining in Knoxville. So use your imagination. You can probably see, but wait a minute. Mm-hmm. That person's on TV taking all this time and it's not impact see here's what we're getting at today it's not impacting me yeah but it is somewhere in our viewing area so that's a little bit of that that balanced uh, approach that we try to do the one thing i try to do now if we have to go wall to wall or get on and do a cut in we it was always tornado warning get on right now all right so now today though tornado warning get on right now hold on first of all let me look at the tv and see what's on uh <laughs> now I'm, I'm actually being very serious here's why um you know i'm kind of old school so if there's a tornado warning we got to get on immediately sure um we did that one time and uh i, I blew out the last uh, 10 minutes of the last episode of friends 
I think it was. The uh, last episode. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, the millennials could not have been happy with that. What, I tell you what. <laughs> you're talking about early retirement. Um, yeah, there's a tornado coming. <laughs> yeah. But what is happening with Ross and Rachel? Come on. <laughs> let's right. prioritize here, Todd. Yeah. And another time it was the West Wing. Uh, I've had a few times where, you know, weather took priority. And well, I was, you know, does the Weather Channel have another opening here after that? Your, um, um, your, yeah. your former colleague there, Ella Dorsey, I saw her in uh, – she comes on in Atlanta. There's a tornado watch yes. in the middle of the Masters. Now, oh yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm all for uh, the 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 danger of the tornado take takes priority. Right. But uh, there are a lot of people that were upset about that. I saw that made national news. Yeah. And, yeah. And that's a tough spot for the station to be in. But at the end of the day, I'd imagine that comes down to well, if we can save one life. Right. It's probably the right thing to not probably it is the right it's, thing to do. It's you know life is not going to be perfect everything rosy. That's one of those scenarios where oh gosh, it's not ideal at yeah. all. What I mean, what do you do? You got a tornado warning. Mm-hmm. You got to alert your viewers. You know there there's a CBS station. You know how are you going to cut into Jim Nance in the masters and uh you know because people are watching this but it's a tornado warning you have but seriously you you you, you simply have to mm-hmm. and i know I, I think they did what the rebroadcast uh, i think later for some of those cbs stations that had to cut in that's a tough that's a tough predicament there, as a meteorologist you've got to cut in yeah. and, and just you only want to stay on here's the key you only want to stay on though you got to respect people's time only as long as there's danger and you know, there's the serious storm. Whenever you're like, well, we're not sure if this is on the ground or not. We're getting any confirmation. All right, hop back off. So, here's what's going on in the Russell with every TV station. There's the reality of how bad is the storm. I need to get on. And with every in every market though, what drives it a lot of times is the competitive pressure. Well, maybe one station. We don't feel like this is as bad or a threatening storm. But we better stay on because the other guys across the street or in town are on. Mm. And if we get off, that'll look like – see what's going on there? Like we're just you, seeding the, you the, can be the right. breaking news it, to them. Exactly. You can be right, but all of a sudden – it's kind of going back to that politic thing. It yeah. takes a whole another life on its own. You're not even focused on the issue at hand. And, and the stay in your lane part. You can – you know, we try to, you try to do what's right and respect the viewer's time. And, and really, unfortunately, you know, sometimes – People are staying on because it's a competitive reason because the other guys in town are on. But we try to not let that be our primary reason at all. Um, get on, say what you got to say. If it's bad, stay on. If it's not, try to hop back off. But that's a that's a delicate situation. I can only imagine. And oh, by the way, that was one of the greatest sports moments in history that I've what, ever. I mean, witnessed. what are the chances that uh, that that would collide at that? I mean, it's yeah, exactly. It's a tough spot and. Like you're saying, okay, uh, you know, that's, you, I guess they were the C- CBS affiliated yeah. in this particular situation. Well, yeah. I don't know what NBC and ABC have on at that point. It's probably not drawn whatever the Masters is drawing. No. I, and, uh, you know, this is out of my, uh, th- th- this is out of my wheelhouse, but it, in, in those situations, and I know you weren't in that particular newsroom either, but right. is there, do you consider going picture in picture? Uh, you know, you got the scroll. There's so many yes. different things it seems like you can do now. Exactly. No, that's actually a great point. There are those conversations. There's multiple conversations going on. There's a number of things. You can do that. 
you know, does that minimize the, you know, what you really want to show? Do you just, is it better just to be all on or all off? Yeah, there's those conversations. Uh, there's the conversations of, wait a minute, do we, are we on our main channel or do we go Facebook Live and uh -huh. website? Now, see, that's, you may start seeing that be a more common thing. And it is, a, yeah. a, it is a duplicity right now being on both, but that's an area, you know, that you may see a little bit more, but go back to the FCC responsibility of life and property. You know, you've, you still have that obligation to be on TV. Yeah. Given that warning information, not just Facebook, you can be on both and all platforms. That's where you want to cover, but yeah. it, it's delicate. It's, it's very delicate. Get on and try to get back off is the key and try not to let competitive pressures keep you on longer than you're supposed to be. Uh, we, we mentioned, uh, Ella, we're taping this in late April. Yeah, I saw uh, just the other day, yesterday, the day we're of the day we're taping this. Uh, Luis Fernandez, who I know yeah. a little bit, one I believe AP Sports Reporter of the Year for the for the state of Tennessee. He did. That's fantastic. Uh, the, the well thing, deserved, by the way. Too Lewis is a great guy. Great guy. Very, very guy. Bright future in the business for sure. Definitely. The 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 uh, not just the sports thing, the weather thing. It, it seems like we're getting really young. Yeah. Not just at WBIR, but <laughs> right. at all uh, at all the stations. And I remember uh, uh, Nick Carboni, who's a friend of mine oh, at uh, yeah. WBIR. Great and guy. Just, and uh, all these guys are are, are young and and uh, Cheerston, They're they're all younger than me. Right. And uh, it, you know, I, I remember WBR. You know, Kessling. Uh, right. Uh, Steve Phillips, God rest right. his soul. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. You know, is uh, it seemed like that? You know, right. you're getting the opportunities at a younger age. Is that? Am I imagining that, or is that true? Very true. No question about it. Younger and younger at all positions within the news organization, television stations. You know, all over. Um, Why is that? What you know. Uh, let me think about that a second. I, I'm trying to think, I'm not sure I know the exact answer, but, uh, I tell you what, uh, and you know, millennials, we talk about the younger, very sharp, very bright, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll use myself for example. So I don't, you know, include anybody else, but I think, you know, some of the younger ones coming in uh, much more knowledgeable, probably at their age than we were. Okay. My age. I, I think there's no question about that. I mean, and the, and you know, at a different level, not, it doesn't mean one's better than or worse than. It's just that's particularly just with the the tech aspect of it. The tech oh, folks who who've grown up on social media, very sure. There's just a difference there that is noticeable. Noticeable, and not just TV stations, radio, media, all, all over. Sure. I would think you could just that's that's probably as a credit to them, just very savvy, tech savvy. Yes, very knowledgeable. Does an excellent job, you know, and I think the other part of it, though, too, is you're seeing that transition in broadcasting and broadcast media where you had, you know, for a long time, people would stay at the station for a long period of time and then retire. And this is not just TV. I, I know my, my dad worked in textiles at Millican for 44 years. Uh -huh. And perhaps it's very similar comparisons where, where somebody starts at one company and works their whole life and then retires, which is it can be a great thing, right? Uh, maybe you don't see that quite as much. You see more transitioning uh, between, you know, companies or just shorter periods of time, perhaps. But then I think there's still, I'm a, <laughs> I'll say this selfishly, like, right? I'm a big fan of the starting where you are and then finishing. Uh, yeah. Long period of time. Uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the goal. But um, but no, I, I think there's some of that. There's just the natural, it's just different age 
grouping that's going on now, just much more of a younger uh, uh, cropper of uh, prospects yeah. that are coming in now to broadcasting in general, and that, but but are also very sharp, have great I, new ideas too. You, again, you got to stay hungry. You got to well, be creative to be successful. Well, and you know, like again, we're all trying to figure out uh, you know how to merge these old mediums: uh, newspaper, radio, TV. That that those were the big three. That's right. When, when we were growing up, and and now it's, uh, I mean, I think the internet has uh, passed those by, and you know we've all got to figure out how to how to use how to use that. But um, it exactly. seems like I think radio's figuring it out. I think uh, TV's figuring it out. I think newspaper probably having the 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 biggest problem with it, but they seem to be figuring it out. Right. And um, it's just change. It's it just change. It does. You know, it's the, the big the internet. Yeah. It's it's. A lot of positives, great things. You know, there's some things not so good about it, but uh, that that way to, uh, yeah, how to generate revenue, I think, is one of the yep. biggest things that uh, the, the for for businesses, you know, in today's time. Well, uh, it's good to see you, Todd. Uh, I appreciate you coming over and sharing a little bit about your life, your career, and um, and. Uh, not that it's over by any stretch of the imagination. You got a long way to go. <laughs> well, thank you, Russell. It's, it's certainly my pleasure. Again, one day at a time, one year at a time. Uh, you know, uh, I've I've been very blessed and very fortunate. Grandchildren, we're moving into that next season of life, and so we're so excited uh, about that. And uh, again, and uh, you know, I will say this though: it's it's really cool that uh, life is full of seasons, and um, thank God for those times refreshing and. Where you have, uh, you know, it feels like, oh, you're able to, this is a new start, a new beginning, and, and able to do, you know, uh, some, some, some yeah. different things in going forward, but uh, certainly excited for what's ahead. Great. It seems like a, a great time in your life and things are going great. Uh, it seems to be a my go-to ending for these. This is the third one uh, podcast we've done here, uh, is to have guests tell a funny story about their life or their work. I know, I'm sure you have a ton of good ones. <laughs> Anything you want to share? An embarrassing live TV mishap or something of that ilk? Uh, there's several. Let's yeah. see which one. <laughs> and this is a podcast, This too, is a podcast, so yeah. We don't have FCC regulations There here. you go. There you go. I think one of the first ones uh, that comes to mind, um, and this, I'll try to retell it, uh, like Ted Hall, a great friend. Again, we've a lot of channel tenors maybe have gone di- different places, different, but we always consider him a channel tenor. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ted's a great guy. He said, and I guess this is true, that uh, I'm from Gaffney, South Carolina, and if you're if my other three brothers were right here, we all talk about the same, and sometimes we talk pretty fast and have to remember to slow down and stuff. But anyway, I was out on the the Channel Ten weather report, just giving a weather report. And I was call, I was talking kind of fast, and I didn't even realize I said this, but Ted did, and uh, of course made sure to uh, broadcast that after. Uh, <laughs> Todd said, you know, just uh, you know, taking a look at the maps or something like that. So he said that I was just talking fast and everything. So let's uh, let's take a leak outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, I didn't even realize I said that. <laughs> now. I have four you, boys. And and I, time, no, I'll keep it. I'm sorry. I'll stop right by there. By the time you get inside and yeah. uh, they've got it just on a loop playing uh, yeah. o- over and over. Yeah. Ted's dying. He's he retold that yeah. story. He probably still retells that story, I'm sure. But I didn't realize I said it, but I'm sure I did. <laughs> oh, gosh. There's a number of just bloopers. I One time on air, I, I mean, I just said, 
if he lived down in Alabama, and I didn't don't mean that personal at all. I just you know you get talking fast and uh, oh I have uh, I will say this uh, there, you got to know your towns very well. Uh-huh. Um, and when we zoom in on radar to talk about storms, all these towns, these small communities and towns pop up. So early on in my career, I did have a couple of these bloopers. Uh, zoomed in to Upper East Tennessee. Uh, it was around White Pine, Dandridge, Greenville. And I said, you know, I'm, st- I'm just reeling off these communities. The yeah. storm's coming through. So if you live in Dandridge, White Pine, uh, I think it's Parrotsville, Bybee, uh, Mosheim, um, you know, Greenville, da, da, da. I just kind of let that. Well, yeah. well I said Mosheim. Uh, Mossheim. Mossheim. I, I just didn't know. You know, I, I, did, I don't know I, that one. Guess Lived what? here over 30 years. Yeah, I got a call after that one. Yeah. I think it was an elderly uh, gentleman, I believe. I said, son, <laughs> I live up here in Mossheim, and I just wanted to let you know. You know, he, he, he told me the yeah. error of my ways. So, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, God, I'm so sorry. I just didn't know. Uh, the only other one, well, not only other one, excuse me, but another one that I personally had a bad blooper was it was a storm coming toward Oak Ridge. And I was zoomed in really tight uh-huh. on Oak Ridge and surrounding communities. I said, if you live in Oak Ridge, this storm's pretty bad. You know, it may have large hail. You need to take cover. But particularly if you live in Jackson Square, if you live in Jackson Square, you need to take cover. So, again, I haven't been here that long. It's just a, like yeah. a shopping center, right? That's exactly right, Russell. <laughs> Shopping center. With if you live in Big Ed's Pizza, batten down the hatches. That's exactly right. It's right beside there, right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Got a call on that one, too. Elderly lady, I think. Son, I was just at Jackson Square shopping today. She emphasized. <laughs> and then it hit me in my heart. And I was like, oh, no. I'm so sorry, ma'am. I didn't know that. <laughs> so people have a way. You know, new people at Channel 10, the one thing, or in East Tennessee, you got to watch out for uh, the ones that will get you are, are Blount County. Uh, Maryville. Mary, oh, that's the classic one right yeah. there. Maryville. You know, think M-U-R-V-I. No, it's not that strict. Merville. Uh, La Follette. We had somebody say La Follette. <laughs> La Follette. Yeah. That's cla- the and one and I, Seaverville, too. I, that's the one other one. you got to get those right. That's I had never Park. heard of uh, Petros. P- <laughs> I, I said, yeah. I think uh, the first time I saw in there, Petros yeah. uh, <laughs> up there. And, uh, <laughs> They've got the best chili and chips yeah, I've ever had. yummy. That's right. <laughs> Is that where uh, it started? Petros. No, it's World's Fair Park. Different story. Um, in the world's versions. Uh, yeah, Peter, yeah, there's, those are some of the ones that come to mind. Yeah. But, uh, hopefully and thankfully and fortunately you try to minimize those as much as possible, but, oh shoot, there, uh, I've had a number of bloopers that, uh, oh, oh, I can tell you one more real okay. quick. We were at, uh, yeah, this is the one with Bill Williams, uh, was tossed. I was live out at, uh, um, Chilhowie Park, uh, for the Tennessee Valley Fair and up at the Homer Hamilton Theater on the Marquee. It had, in a little small letter, on the marquee, it said the Patsy Cline Show. Uh, but on the side there, it had always, and I think it said Patsy Cline Show. All right. I'm not big on my country music stars and, and history and everything. So Uh-oh. we're, we're lot. Yeah, here we go. You can already <laughs> use your imagination, and it applies. Thank you very much, uh, Bill and uh, was it Kim, maybe, uh, at the time. And uh, we're live at Tennessee Valley Fair. I was right beside a tent. They were playing gospel music. Got that. But one of the big attractions, come on out tonight at 7, Patsy Klein show. 7 o'clock tonight, Patsy Klein. Um, I went ahead and did my weather. While I'm doing my weather, Margie Nichols gets in the headphones where uh-huh. Bill Williams says, we've got to do something. Todd just resurrected Patsy Klein on live TV. You've got to say <laughs> something, correct him, or do something. We can't let that go because Todd oh, has no clue. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know she passed a long time ago. 
I, I, out of no disrespect <laughs> at all, right? I'm just, I'm just a. That's a. That's probably a big, strong clue. He's just a weather guy. They yeah. keep us in a corner in the studio for a reason. He needs to How get back you, inside. What do you do at that point? Well, well, I didn't know. I'm just still doing my weather. So Bill Williams is one of the best guys ever, right? Well, guess what he does? He, he did an Andy Griffith. I love this. Uh-huh. You know how Andy saved Barney from all his miscues yeah. and missteps and error of his ways? Well, Bill b- bailed you out. He huh? bailed me out. He said, and of course, uh, thank you so much, Don. And of course, he was talking about uh, the memory of uh, Patsy Klein's <laughs> show and uh, the thank you so much for telling. He, he literally bailed me out. And, did they and buy it? <laughs> I, I think they did. And as he's telling me, oh, see, man. I still don't know, but as he's saying that, I realize I'm like, I think I just didn't say a word. <laughs> I'm just looking straight in the camera, and I'm going, "Oh my gosh!" So this is the outro where you're, you're all yeah. four of you are at the at the table, and yeah. it's dawning on you. And you're, yeah, yeah. Oh. well, well, I'm live. I'm, uh-huh. I'm doing a live remote. No, you're and, okay. You're on, and yeah. they're back in the studio. But you're still. But they were doing yeah. this crosstalk, right? We're doing this crosstalk, and we're like up in boxes or something on TV. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm just at that point. I'm just looking <laughs> like stone faced, probably, and and they're uh, Bill like an Andy Griffith. Uh huh. Always does seeks to do exactly the better, what to do the good of the other man and the other person and uh, bailing them out and uh, I'm forever forever grateful to Bill Williams for a lot of reasons but that certainly being one of them. Excellent. Well, uh, Todd, again, thanks so much for for coming over and, and doing this. Really great to see you. And My pleasure to connect this afternoon and uh, we'll uh, maybe do it again sometime. Russell, thank you so much. By the way, love your show. Oh. And uh, the drive, you and Bear talking back and forth. And I love every time you talk about your Rickard Ridge barbecue. I saw oh, wow. Cove Lake is one of my favorite places to go camp. Yeah. That's actually our, our go to place up there. Yeah. But uh, I love everything y'all do. Y'all do a great job on your show. And I uh, li- love listening to you. Wow. Thanks so much. We'll have to go up and hit up Rickard Ridge, get some ribs sometime. <laughs> every time you do a great job with that. And it's Cove Lake. I'm like, oh, God. That's Beautiful so Cove Lake State Park, Rickard Ridge Barbecue. <laughs> Online at RickardRidgeBBQ.com. <laughs> right, right on cue. Yeah. Perfect. Todd, thanks, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, Russell. All right. There you have it. The first non-sports-dominated episode of the Russell Smith Podcast. Thanks so much again for checking it out. Really appreciate it. Thanks for helping spread the word. Really having a lot of fun doing these. And again, if you'd like to support this podcast, show a little love by going on to Anchor.fm and search out Russell Smith Podcast. Click on the support this podcast button and you can donate 99 cents, $4.99, or even $9.99 a month. Come on, folks, spread the wealth around. Let's make a transaction. Ugh, that sounded dirty. Okay, till next time. We'll talk again soon.